Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an entertainment podcast and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello! And today, we're going to talk about rabbits and snakes. Paige will be your researcher today, and I'll be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hello. Hello. How are you doing in these trying times? As you can see, I'm in my new apartment. Um, We took a week off as you know but yeah I'm in a new space and I'm all on my own and I tested out the bidet how was that it's, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced before is that a good thing or a bad thing it's a good thing I now use it regularly I've been having a fun week <laughs> yeah how's your week been going I like I hurt myself at work picking up boxes And my back has been screaming at me for, I think, like two weeks now. So that's been fun. Yeah, that is not a good time. And I also got my period. So I'm in like a lot of general pain. So we're going to get through this as painless manner as possible. All right, well, let's dive right in. Okay, we're going to talk about rabbits. I was originally going to talk about hairs, but like whenever I looked up like hair related things on Google, it would automatically defer to rabbits. So I'm like, well, I guess we're doing a rabbit episode then. Didn't we do a rabbit episode? You did a specific rabbit combat episode, which is why I want to do hairs instead of rabbits. But the internet decided no. So it's going to be rabbits in general, as opposed to specified combat. Okay. So let's start with, can you think of some differences between rabbits and hares? Well, I think a hare is like bigger and thinner, right? Like more muscular, almost like kangaroo jack. Oh, I like the comparison. Yeah, they are like, they are built, I guess, if you looked at one more kangaroo-like than I suppose rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like if you look at the legs. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Their legs are ripped. Yeah. Yeah, hares are usually bigger than rabbits. They tend to have like black tips on their ears. And then rabbits- Like Pikachu. Yeah, like Pikachu. Rabbits tend to eat things like grasses while hares will go for like harder things like bark or twigs. And rabbits make their homes underground. Hares make their homes above ground. And then finally, rabbits can be domesticated. Hares cannot be domesticated. They're 100% wild animals. So what you're saying is hares are basically the gym bros of the Logamore family. That is exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Cannot be tamed. 100% Chad. Wow. Next rabbit, we're naming it Chad. Gotcha. No, actually, what was the one? Oh yeah, I wanted to name, if we ever got another rabbit, 
I yeah. want to name it Peep. I would fight against that name. Listen, because like you've seen our rabbit, our blessed little child who has finally stopped chewing on the rug. Um, she like when she loafs, like her neck fat like sticks out like a peep. <laughs> so I don't want to get one and name it Peep because the similarities are uncanny. Like I get what you're saying, but um, I'm gonna give a hard veto to that. Well, fine. I'm gonna veto Chad. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what part of the world are rabbits from? Rabbits come from like northern Europe. You're really close. It's Southern Europe. Oh, okay. Like specifically France and Spain. That surprises me, but okay. It surprised me too. A lot of the animals we look at seem to be like, oh, this part of Asia or Africa. No, these guys are like our first European ones, I think. Yeah, like the reason I said Northern Europe is because rabbits have so much fur. Yeah, okay. I see where you're going with that. How many different rabbit species are there? Oh, there's got to be a lot. Are we including domesticated? We are. Okay. Then I'm going to say 57. There are 318 rabbit species. Wow. So many buns. Yeah. And a lot more of those are like breeds than like wild breed. I guess, do you call wild species, I guess is the right word? I don't know. I don't know either. Why do rabbits and hares have such big ears? To hear with. That's one of the main reasons, yeah, but there's one other reason. Is it balance? It's not balance. Is it for optimal cute? Um, I wish it was for optimal cute. Oh. Is it, it for temperature? It is for temperature, yeah. Wow. They can control their temperature because they have, like, with their ears because they have a lot of blood vessels in their ears. Mm -hmm. And so if it's really hot out, they're, like, the blood vessels in their ears will swell and they'll probably stick their ears, like, more upright and out, where if it's cold, the blood vessels will contract and they'll, like, tuck their ears, like, close to their body. That's so cute. What part of the world are rabbits considered an invasive species in? Is it Australia? It is Australia. Yeah. Those poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's also like the rabbit island somewhere. That I believe is one of the islands in Japan. Mm -hmm. Do you know like how Australia came to be infested with rabbits? Okay. So the way it happened was there were too many predators, too many snakes eating the rabbits. And so they killed off all the snakes and now there's too many rabbits. Or alternatively, there was an invasive plant species and they brought in a bunch of rabbits to eat that plant. And now it's overrun with rabbits. Okay. You're right in the fact that like they were brought to Australia. <laughs> but other than that... <laughs> <laughs> like they're not native to Australia so you're right they were brought in via boat boat okay so when England first landed like English colonizers first landed in Australia like the late 1700s they brought rabbits like for food and I believe for like also hunting for sport which is like 
I guess what else are you going to do in the mid 1700s? I guess. And they were probably kept in cages, but eventually, so I guess some escaped. And so by the mid 1800s, the rabbit population was just like out of control because a few got out and they obviously bred like rabbits do. The population increased so rapidly, like specifically because Australia has more mild winters. So rabbits can breed all year round. So they just don't stop. I love it. I love that attitude. And this is really bad for Australia because the rabbits will eat all of the plants and the bark, which destroys the ecosystem. Aww. Yeah, and they've had to like take many different actions to combat the rapidly growing rabbit population. And I think they've been making a little bit of headway. It's not as bad as it was, I think, in like the 60s, but like there's still a lot of rabbits. I could think of worse invasions yeah i mean like at least it's not something that's going to hurt you directly just very very slowly and cutely Mm -hmm. but it's like you know still invasive species that ain't good nah nah how long have people been domesticating rabbits a really long time i'm gonna say like around the 1400s it's actually since like 400. Oh, wow. I was a thousand <laughs> years off. Yeah. Uh, monks in Spain and France domesticated them purely for meat, which is really weird because, like, they only did it because they considered rabbit meat to be fish so they could oh. eat it during Lent. I see. I think that's stupid. <laughs> but I don't you know I don't know what was going on back then maybe there was like a fish shortage and they really needed protein yeah I in my opinion if you are facing starvation for whatever reason like religion can come second like you don't have to justify your decision to survive by saying that rabbit is fish I agree But I feel like things were a lot different back then in which like religion was basically your entire life. That's true. So they probably kind of had to do that. I don't know. But also like the whole thing with Lent is like eating fish. Like the idea is that you're not supposed to eat meat, right? On Fridays. Right. But fish is still. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know exactly like why the whole like fish isn't meat loophole came around. Maybe we could do a Lent episode. I don't know. I'm Catholic. I should probably know this, but you know what? It's just, you know, it's 400. Just let the monks do their thing, I guess. I guess so. Um, how long have people domesticated rabbits as pets? As pets. I'm going to yeah. say since the 1600s. You're like actually right. <laughs> it like yeah, start... I think of like medieval. Yeah, yeah. In the medieval times, and this wasn't one of my questions, but I remember enough about it to go into it. They bred rabbits specifically to be chunky, <laughs> so they could get like more meat and fur. But then, like the chunky made them cuter. And in like the 1600s is when it all started. I it was some dude in Germany. He's like, oh my god, wait, these guys are actually really cute. So I'm gonna start breeding them to like so they can be cute. So it started in Germany in like the 1600s, picked up more and more, 
until like the Victorian English era, so like mid 1800s, when like the whole like rabbit breeding club started, and like it became an intense hobby slash competition to who could get the best looking rabbits. Oh man! And that just like turned into keeping them as pets. Ah. How fast can a rabbit run? I think it would probably depend on like the breed, right? There's like a general speed they cap at. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say the cap is probably at um, 10 miles per hour. <laughs> is it more or less? It's more. <laughs> like a lot more? Yeah. <laughs> well, not like that much more, but it's like, I don't know. Our, is, it, our... is it 25? It is 25. Oh, okay. <laughs> Between 25 and 45 miles per hour. Wow. Buns run faster, probably on average, than Usain Bolt. (laughs) Just think about that. Two (laughs) responses to that. The first being, I just found a piece of hay. (gasps) Memories. Yeah, and Bun has never been in this apartment. And neither has her stuff. And um, my other response is like, imagine like going up against Bun in a race and losing. Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. But it's like, we've never seen her like book it. Cause like most of the time- Oh, I have. She's in like this small, not that small. Like whenever either of us has the Bun, like our rabbit cheddar crackers, she's confined to our bedrooms. So like there's enough- there's obviously enough room to like, you know, move around binky a bit if she's happy, but there's not that much room to book it. Well, I used to let her in the backyard in my old apartment. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Have you seen her cap at 25 miles an hour? <laughs> I don't know how fast it was. I've certainly seen her run back there. Have you seen her beat Usain Bolt in a race? I have. He was in my backyard in Queens. She's being very cute right now. I have to take a picture. Yeah, she's please like, do basket and during this intermission i would like to give a shout out to simone biles we support you and we love you and good for you she competing this year well she she was and then she actually just dropped out a couple days ago for mental health reasons oh no that's so sad i never pay attention to the olympics so i don't know what's going on i like her specifically i do too Cause she's like our age and yeah, like, she's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, that is a beautiful picture of bun and I will uh, see if I can include it in the show notes when I post it. Uh, speaking of Olympians, how high can rabbits jump? <laughs> well, I think hares can probably jump higher than rabbits. Probably, but we're going to talk about rabbits specifically. Okay. In that case, I would say a larger rabbit could jump like 10 feet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's only about three feet and the bigger rabbits actually can't jump as high as the small ones. Oh, okay. And the world record for the highest rabbit jump is 39.2 inches, but there have been stories of rabbits jumping higher than four feet. I would believe it. Yeah. So given this information about Olympian rabbits... Do you think there are any rabbit-based competitions? Oh, definitely. Slash sports. Yeah, totally. Yes, there are, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In Denmark, there's a sport called Kanenhop. There are four competitions. There's like a hurdle sprint, uh, crooked hurdles, which is like uh, same thing as hurdles, but they're not in a straight line. 
uh, long jump and high jump. And the whole thing was invented in Sweden in like 1980 and has since spread to a few other countries in Europe as well as Australia. Cool. And I did find footage of it and it is adorable. I bet. And if I remember, I will post it to social media this week. I hope you do. And lastly, why does the whole rabbit foot being a good luck thing, like, where does that come from? Um, I have known this before, but I don't remember. So here is my guess. And it comes from, uh, what was, uh, what was that book? You're going to have to be more specific than that. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I'm going to go with a different theory. It comes from when people would go rabbit hunting and uh when they would get their first kill in they would cut off the foot and that would be considered lucky because they were able to get a catch that has probably been true at some point but it's not where it originated from okay it originates from celtic tribes and they saw how much time rabbits spent underground and believed they were communicating with gods and spirits. So carrying the foot of one was thought to be good luck. And from there, it's spread a- around a lot and like become different things to different cultures. So having a rabbit's foot has taken on a lot of different meanings since then. Interesting. Yeah. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Just kidding. It's time for rapid fire. All right. This is how this is going to work. I'm going to give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as possible. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it wrong. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's the difference between Colby Jack and Monterey Jack? Uh, One comes from Colby and one comes from Monterey. How many sugar ants live in the average sugar ant colony? 2,000. What is a swale? Uh, it's a swimming whale. Where does poison sumac grow? Everywhere. If you eat poison ivy, will it hurt you? Uh, maybe. Can you get rid of the part of poison ivy that causes the rash by cooking it? Yes. When were corn dogs invented? 1910. What was the first scented candle? Uh, lavender what was the last discovered piece of land on earth uh uh, (laughs) how many countries are there according to the un 260 can you pop popcorn while it's still on the cob yes is webkin still around yes we're out of time (laughs) anyway the sponsor Are you feeling depressed? Do you need more fur in your life? Are you ready for fun antics? Then you need a rabbit. Go to your local rescue. Tell them you're not going to kill the rabbit. Adopt it. Bring it home. Give it all the love. Adopt a rabbit. Cure your depression today. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. going to talk about the opposite of rabbits now did you just put a heart on the screen yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool we do we're this not- on zoom 
yeah we used to do it on Streamyard, but not anymore not anymore and zoom talks to us she tells us when we're recording and when we're not yeah it's like we're in japan i don't understand the connection but okay (laughs) because in japan there's a law that says if your device takes a photo it has to make like a very audible shutter sound is that why yep that is exactly why Do you even know what I was going to say? Were you going to reference DSs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do that because, you know like, so well. <laughs> yeah, they do that because, uh, because of that law. And to them, like, I guess to Nintendo, it doesn't make sense to manufacture a whole extra set of DSs that don't make the sound automatically. Yeah. Can you take pictures on the Switch? Like, you can't take external photos, I don't think. It doesn't have an external camera. I think there's a selfie camera on there. Do you know if it makes, like, the shutter sound? I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, I can't believe I'm, like, a goddamn grandmother at this point. But I've actually never wanted to attempt taking a photo on my Switch. Well, I mean, neither have I. Because, like, why would you take a picture of yourself while gaming? But it's, (laughs) like, (laughs) now I'm kind of curious. Because, like... Yeah, I remember having my DSi, I would go to take a picture of something with the volume turned all the way off, and it would still make the shutter noise. I'm like, really loud. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is going on? I'm trying to be sneaky. Yeah. (laughs) No, DSi, get yourselves one today. Go to your local rescue. (laughs) We're going to talk about snakes. Yeah, can we please talk about snakes? Uh, How do you feel about snakes? I love snakes. I actually really do. I know a lot of people hate snakes and are terribly afraid of them. And as terribly afraid of lots of things as I am, I actually really like snakes. I like holding them. I like touching them. I think they're fun. Yeah, I'm okay with snakes. I don't have any like strong opinions about snakes. I fear them more in the wild because like I'm not great at identifying them. So I don't know always which ones are going to try and harm me. I'm more afraid that like because snakes are really good a lot of them at blending in so I'm afraid I'm gonna like accidentally step on one yeah that's fair that's fair just like it's chilling out and then I step on it and then it bites me because it's like ow yeah we live in a weird part of the country where yes there are snakes but you don't encounter them that much and there's only like one that can actually harm you yeah, for all of you snake lovers slash snake knowers, we mostly have garter snakes, but on our hiking trails, we have copperheads. That's yeah. the most venomous snake we have in New Jersey slash New York. Yeah, like a couple times at home, I saw a snake in the front yard, and that was pretty cool. When I was living in South Carolina, I would see them more regularly, and I also thought it was really cool, but they were much scarier. I feel like the warmer the climate, the more scary the snakes. I wonder why. Maybe you can tell us. Yeah, I probably could, actually. So, as you know, snakes and other reptiles are Mm -hmm. cold-blooded. What's the advantage of being cold-blooded? You don't have to eat that much. I guess that's a workaround way of saying what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just easier to survive because you don't have to go hunt that much um sort of well that's what my friend my friend I hope you're listening to this uh he has two snakes and and that's what he told me 
I mean, it's just, I guess it's just like a weird way of saying the right answer. It's because like a snake is cold-blooded, so it doesn't have to spend as much energy heating its body as like a warm-blooded creature does. So they can allocate that energy to something else. And being cold-blooded also makes it harder for bacteria to hurt them. Cool. Yeah. Why do snakes have forked tongues? To pierce their prey what to like to like eject venom the... <laughs> you where do i begin with this <laughs> you know tongues can't inject they're too squishy it said eject eject yeah, so like there's gla- ex- I'm saying there's glands in the tongue. Uh-huh. And venom comes out. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> good, good try. <laughs> um, supposedly it helps them sense slash smell in like quote unquote three dimensions. Oh. So the nostrils will pick up the actual smell and the tongue can pick up what direction the smell is coming from. So it lets them like pick up on smells easier. That's pretty cool. What purpose do the scales serve? Um, for texture. To, uh... Did you just say for texture? (laughs) (laughs) Fun texture. Yeah. Yeah, fun texture. Hard hard agree, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, it helps them move. <laughs> helps them move or helps them poop? Did you move. say? Move. I said. Move. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> movement is part of it. Um, also protection, and then moisture retention, and then camouflage. Oh, yeah. We're gonna talk. The next few questions are going to be about scales, so I hope you're ready. I am ready. Why do snakes have scales in the first place? Uh, to help them move. It, you're close. It goes back to the whole moisture retention thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's like skin. It helps the liquid stay in. Yeah. Because, like, snakes evolved from amphibians who, like, have really soft, wet skin to retain moisture instead of scales. But that's only good if you live half your life in the water. So scales work by making multiple layers of skin and fat, which makes it really hard for water to escape the body. And it also protects them from ultraviolet light. Wow. Which was a big problem when snakes were evolving, apparently. Oh, really? I think this was before like the ozone layer was a thing, but don't quote me on that. Mm. This was this was a long time ago. What's in the rattlesnake rattles that make them rattle? Um uh, it is I'm gonna give you a hint. <laughs> Remember, I said we're still talking about scales. Uh, it's, it's baby scales that have not, uh, developed yet. Um, close. According to Wikipedia, the rattle is made up of, quote, loosely linked interlocking chambers of scales that when shaken vibrate against one another to create the warning signal of a rattlesnake. Oh. 
Yeah, so they're just like specialized scales. Uh, last on the whole scale train thing, are there snakes without scales? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a recessive trait slash mutation that can get passed down through generations, and it's about as rare as albinism. And like scaleless snakes are really popular in the breeding world. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And even though like the top parts of them are scaleless, they still have scales on their belly that help them with the locomotion of being Local snakes. Motion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was th- I'm thinking about that like one song on Donkey Konga, the one about locomotion. Yeah, yeah, that's a very popular. And song. I was like about to start singing it, and I had to stop myself. <laughs> I was like waiting for it. I like saw <laughs> yeah. it happen. Yeah, I'm sure you did. And like, I'm gonna leave the pause in because <laughs> I had to take every ounce of my willpower <laughs> to not. Okay, we're done with scales. How many bones can a snake have? A lot. Yes. Do you want to take a guesstimate? A thousand. That is within the range, yes. <laughs> it is between six and eighteen hundred, depending on the species. And of all of those bones, do you think that snakes have knees? Oh man, that's the question that started it all, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do or, snakes have knees? I'm gonna say snake knees or sneeze, if you will. <laughs> I'm gonna say that snakes have lots of knees. They just—they're just like made of knees. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that's how they're able to wiggle because it's just like the knee. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. The knee bending over and over again yeah. to create one long noodle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they don't have knees currently, but they have had them in the past. Whoa! <laughs> and they ha- and they have the capability to have them again because the genes to make legs and with that knees never got phased out of snake DNA. Wow. And you want to hear the best fun fact. Yes. The gene that has to do with how like potential legs would grow, I don't know if it's for all animals in general or like snakes specifically, the gene is called the Sonic the Hedgehog gene. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is potentially the funnest fact we've ever had. And it's, if I remember the article correctly, it's because the the cluster of proteins, I suppose, that the gene is, is spiky. So they were like Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) I like that a lot. I appreciate that there are some video game nerd scientists out there. Yeah, me too. Doing the Lord's work. How small is the smallest snake species? Like three inches. You're very close. It's four inches. Oh. It is the Barbados thread snake. Are they dangerous? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to look it up really quick? <laughs> uh, you don't have to. Just, you know, Barbados thread snake. It sounds like it could be dangerous. It does. I don't know what a thread snake is. Barbados thread snake. Uh, 
dangerous question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're harmless. Oh, okay. They're basically just a glorified worm, if you think about it hard enough. No, I agree. I see where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, how big is the biggest snake species? Oh, um, like 35 to 40 feet. It's only about 25 feet. Okay. And it's the reticulated it's the python. python. Yeah, I, th- I think we talked about, what was it, last episode? Yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> where you made what, what were you talking about again? Well, Just the like, last episode we, we recorded was uh, elementary school crafts and Tootsie Pops. But in at least one episode recently, I was talking about how like at least several times throughout our childhood, we would be called up to hold an albino python. I mean, they could have been a reticulated albino python, Lord only knows. Uh, Perhaps it was scaleless. But what is known is the biggest snake in, in captivity is a reticulated python named Medusa. And it's 25 feet and two inches long, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. I want to meet him. You want to, like, go into a classroom and just be, like, doing your thing and then just have Medusa be brought in. Yeah, yeah, like one of those, it, yeah, during one of those nature presentations where, like, the, the the guy brings in some cages, you see an owl, you might see a small snake, you see, you see stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, as, like, the grand finale they take out like a like a big plastic like bin oh. <laughs> and they're like who can guess what's in this bin and all the kids say food for the animals cages no. and then like they open up the lid and like show it to the classroom and it's this giant snake <laughs> you have like very specific memories of like the years 2003 to 2006 it's true I think that's what's happening because now that you mention it I also vaguely know what you're talking about well it also happened in Frost Valley we had to sit through one of those and it also happened in Girl Scouts it did it did happen in Girl Scouts so yeah we'll just you know go to the library we'll like be doing library things we'll be learning about the Dewey Decimal System Uh. (laughs) which by the way I still don't know yeah (laughs) 24 years old and still can't figure out the Dewey Decimal System. It's true. And, and then some dude in like a safari outfit that yeah, he like bought with a on vest. Amazon. He's wearing a vest. Yeah, that like he got on Amazon. Just yeah. like comes in <laughs> with like a trolley of cage. Yeah. And he like takes out the owl and puts it on his hand. <laughs> with the glove. Yeah, the glove. And then, there's, and then you're like, can I hold it? And it's like, no, because you don't have the glove. So <laughs> it's going to hurt you. And then he brings out the big plastic container. And you're like, oh, my God, is that food? And he's like, no. And he's like, is it something? Is it like a reciprocal that I could put my comforter into and I'm done using it? <laughs> and he's like, no. And then he opens it up and there's just a fucking snake in there. <laughs> a <laughs> the, giant albino python. The length of your bedroom. <laughs> Every time. It's a giant. Here, I know we Googled this the last time. I'm going to Google it again. Okay. Like the name of the type of snake that is. I'm pretty sure it's a 
it's like a reticulated python isn't it i don't think so yeah no it's a burmese python burmese python okay those are yes. the ones that are running wild in the everglades not all what? albino though no but like regular ones. oh yeah yeah the albino ones couldn't survive in the wild that's why they're in captivity have you ever seen the albino deer in wyckoff yes i have yeah i think my mommy has pictures of it oh yeah <laughs> i should have like talked about the whole burmese python problem that's going on in the everglades but i don't have anything on that so that's all okay. i can do is complain about it <laughs> people take care of your pets know what you're getting yourself into do not buy a snake if you're not prepared for it to get really big yeah and then because like if you release it into the wild suddenly it's eating everyone's cats and everyone is really mad also and, like, like how dare you get a pet and then just give it up like that yeah like what the hell is wrong do you think sure it can thrive in the wild we've seen that very well because now it's a problem with how well they're doing but it's like you should have known what you got yourself into also who's the drug guy Pablo Escobar I know he's dead now but he shouldn't have had all those hippos now look what's happening to South America that could be a whole episode on yeah (laughs) I'm interested You, you caught my attention do you not know what I'm talking about it's just from context, I can kind of figure it out. I have a fantastic topic for you two weeks from now. Don't you worry. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that hippos were invasive anywhere, and I am very excited oh, to hear about honey, it. Oh, honey, you have no idea. I do. I do not have any idea. <laughs> Don't do any research on okay. it. I've got you covered. Okay, I won't go on YouTube and look this up. No, don't, for the next two weeks. Okay. Okay, last question. Can snakes love? Yes. I know the answer is going to be no, but I firmly believe that they can. You're not technically wrong. Um, it's a lot more hotly debated than I thought it would be going into this. <laughs> I feel very strongly <laughs> about this. Okay. So according to PetMD, it's difficult to prove whether or not they can feel love but what is known is that they can feel comfortable and safe around people like as pets and the article explains that you don't get like a pet snake to have the same bond as you do with like a dog or a cat for example yeah you're looking more for like a bonding pet not as like a walkies pet you know yeah like just you know throw a snake on you while you're watching tv or something yeah and like i mean it's not gonna be like a cuddle bug but it's like you know it'll hang out yeah he'll chill maybe that's the pet that i need in this apartment a snake yeah maybe yeah Except i don't want to deal with the feeders oh we talked about this yeah we did we did i'm still yeah listeners like if you have any suggestions for a pet in, like a very small pet in a studio apartment like let me know like I would love to get another gerbil or hamster, but I don't want to deal with like the running at night sounds. My suggestion for you live on podcast is a hermit crab. Like, yeah, I've had hermit crabs before and I like them. I, but I want something like furry. I want something that I can like love, you know? I mean, I can love a hermit crab, but you can take faux fur to a hermit crab shell. You could. And it's furry. I've had a lot of hermit crabs in my life. A lot yeah. of them died very quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can I real quick tell a hermit crab story? Sure. Okay. One time I had this pet hermit crab. It had a little silver shell and um, it was definitely like you could tell something was up with it from the day I got it, but I got him anyway because I loved him and I do not remember what his name was. Uh, keyword was and and yeah I don't know this was maybe around sixth grade something like that fifth grade who knows and uh very vividly I remember going to like clean out the cage or whatever I was doing or to play with him I don't know and uh he wasn't coming out of his shell and I was like wakey wakey and I I uh, was like looking at the shell I like brought it closer to my face and uh, all of a sudden I see a little worm crawl out and then like a couple more no and it it shocked me so bad that I dropped it like on the on the hard floor so clearly my little friend was dead oh okay I mean I get why you wouldn't want to have a hermit crab after (laughs) something like that I was gonna tell like a cute one like a cute story like like what a way to (laughs) find out your pet is dead right mortifying (laughs) yeah that was awful I mean like don't like don't get me wrong I've had hermit crabs where it's like I've picked them up and they've been dead yeah but it's like you know her and I don't mean to be like hurtful to people who are like hermit crab lovers I love a hermit crab no but it's like when I was on vacation with Mary a few weeks ago we saw a couple wild hermit crabs and it made me very excited oh that's so cute yeah anyway go on but it's like you know you pick up the hermit crab by the shell and like you know its body starts to fall you're like okay Yeah. yeah but like it's I was only upset for a few hours you know what yeah, I mean I know what you like mean. they come and go very quickly I was going in to captivity. say in captivity at yeah. least yeah they live a lot longer in the wild yeah my family like in general and I'm talking about like Liz as well we've had hi a Liz lot- <laughs> hi Liz we've had a lot of Pokemon themed hermit crabs in our family okay Chris and Liz, my cousin Chris and Liz, our friend slash my cousin, had two hermit crabs when they were little named Kingler and Krabby. Wow. And I don't remember which one it was, but one of them lived for like seven years old. That's awesome. It was insane. And then two of my hermit crabs, one was named James. (laughs) (laughs) One was named Maxie, like the Team Magma boss. Oh my God. (laughs) I I don't think I played Ruby and Sapphire either. But it's like, anyway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Take good care of your hermit crabs, kids. Make sure they don't have parasites. I mean, they are hermit crabs. They are tiny boys, but, like, they also deserve to be loved. And, like, oh, God, I feel so bad for that hermit crab. (laughs) I feel so bad about it. Yeah. Not that he wasn't loved. That's not what I was trying to imply. But like, I just, how does that even happen? Where I don't did know. They come from? I don't know. I don't uh... know. <laughs> like, I've I... never heard of that. I feel like <laughs> I. And hermit crabs, they just, they're not animals that interact with each other. <laughs> what? What's not? Hermit crabs oh. are worms. Well, like, they're just not. Well, here's the thing is like, I'm pretty sure that those worms were like, not fully developed you know what I mean I guess but like, it's like 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 they were like not worms but they just looked like worms because they were like so, so like parasites 
yeah like like some sort of maggots maybe I don't know oh I feel so bad <laughs> uh, and I've got like the skeeves now oh, so oh I'm sorry cool. I feel you like know, I'm, one of those, I'm one of those people who just has like really awful luck with bugs yes yes you are and it's like ugh, I guess the one good thing is like I can for a moment I completely forgot about the pain in my back which is honestly like the best thing that's happened to me all week but the bad news it was replaced by like if anything touches me I am going to die like I'm so sorry I saw like my headphone wires jerk a little bit and I thought it was a bug (laughs) welcome to the life of Rachel (laughs) Whenever I see anything like that, I jump. It's always I, it's a great time. No, believe me, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not afraid of bugs. I'm just afraid of sudden movements. Yeah. I am myself and basically just a glorified tiny caged animal. <laughs> and with that, no. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com and let the American Citrus Council what's on your mind. Just let them know what's up by emailing them at americancitruscouncil at gmail.com and um, let us know like can you run faster than a rabbit? have you had any hermit crabs in your life and do you have any stories to tell that would lift my spirits yeah please tell us about your hermit crabs send us pictures yeah and their names yeah i want to know all about your hermit crabs yeah okay well bye bye oh what was i saying i don't know (laughs) (laughs) planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.